Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome guys to this week's episode of Heavy Metal Tones with me, your podcast host Tony Evans. I, sorry, I'm a bit snuffly, um, getting that words out today. I had a bit of a cold, I've, I'm over it now, but it was just a little bit um, snuffly. Um, I just finished, or I'm halfway through watching the um, new Pistols series, Pistols, the off, based off the um, Steve Jones book Lonely Boy, which I finished reading ages ago when it first came out. Um, it's, yeah, so the first three episodes, uh, I thought to myself, oh my god, it's um, Rocket Man and the bloody um, Bohemian Rhapsody again, you know, I thought, oh, here we go, you know, it's it's that it's that fanciful um, um, cinema, cinematographic story of, of something that's inalienably a... Um, moment in history in music and time and and how do you pad out um what can be sometimes mundane things into more cinematic experiences um and i've done that with this again the first three episodes i was willing to turn off and go not coming back you can't do this to the pistols but then sort of episode three end of episode three into episode four it all changes it gets unbelievably good you know, I wasn't overly interested. I thought, oh no, you know, this is, it's not going to be a good. It's not a good John. It's not a good Seal. It's not a good Steve. Paul Cook's not that great either. I thought, oh, you know, Malcolm's terrible. I really like, but I like the Vivian character, and and it was sort of like I was, I was going, oh no, I won't, I won't, I won't watch this. And then a little bit of me said, oh come on, Tone, be subjective, sit down and watch it. And actually, apart from a few twists of truth. Um, I won't name them here to you. You can watch it, and those that understand will get it. Those that don't, it doesn't matter to them anyway because they're not looking for the truth. They're looking for the story behind um, the greatest rock and roll album ever made. Um, and I'm standing by that, people. I really do. I don't think any one album um, by any young people could grab the zeitgeist the way that this does it grabs it by the balls 
He shook it around its head and it chucked it out <laughs> around out the house. It really did. Um, you know, it, it, there, was, there are moments in history and moments in time where great art is created and it is the exact moment. It's like a photograph of that moment. And the pistols, never mind the bollocks, could not be more that moment. Um, you know, corrugated iron all everywhere, graffiti everywhere, shit in the streets, garbage or rubbish or piling up, strikes, minor strikes, three-day weeks, low wages, unemployment. You know, we'd we'd had the we'd had the the um, dourness of the fifties. We had the plastic fantastic of the sixties. I've mentioned this before on the show, and then we had the come down from that because you cannot spend that kind of money um, uh, to revitalize a country it has to, unless you've got product to back it up and we our industries were ailing our car industry our coal industry uh, you know the, the it was becoming more and more um, harder to earn money uh, people didn't want um, they didn't want you to to um, sort of be independent they wanted you to work for the man you know um nine to five monday to friday and that was it much like it is now but he now at least there's more freedom back then it was you were locked in yeah, that was your job that was your job it's like having I mean, sorry it's like when you go to university then like when i went to university that was it, it you, you chose one degree you did your one degree or whatever you were doing and you were stuck now you can mix and match and this and that and do what you want. It's so much loosey-goosey. Um, but you imagine it's a snapshot. You know, three young musicians, or four young musicians, you know, just do it, you know, you know just grabbing that, that moment, how they, how they did it, you know, how they... Um, created such a piece of dynamism such a piece of almost i mean i hate to sound art college here but sort of dada-esque sort of um punch and judy um grotesqueness such uh, you know how they took the establishment and ripped it apart um you know john's lyrics are are piercing and and, and and acerbic and intelligent much beyond his age steve's guitar is 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 like nova guitar i mean yes it's all it's all um you know uh copies of of, of the american like you know johnny thunders and sivan Sylvain from um from the york dolls yes it's a bit ramoni yeah it is but he can't read and write he couldn't read and write then you know, but this is a boy who, you know, he's, he lived off the street stealing. I don't want to, I'm not going to give too much information because I want you people to watch Lonely, I want you to watch Pistol and, and, and really enjoy it. So I'm not going to give too much away of, of the backstory, just how the album changed the world. You know, overnight, um, you know, you didn't have to play 19 million, you know, suspended sevenths and augmented this and that. It was, you know, Steve Jones was F, he played it. it in F and a bar chord and that's it and his own words jing jing jings all the way up and down the fretboard it's just like you know um Glenn Matlock he was you know he he didn't do much to be honest I love Glenn but and I've met him he's a nice guy but um 
he was just a bass player, and I'm not just saying that just a bass player. He wrote the melodies, yes, but he, he hated the whole Antichrist, Anarchist thing, and I sort of agree with him slightly. I think it's quite jarring, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We'll talk about that later on. Um, you know, like, uh, you, there are many there are many bands and many songs that I've created things, I've changed the world. Um, the Who's, um, my generation, went from, you know, teenagers being nice boys like, like Cliff Richard singing clean songs to suddenly, you know, having a stutter and being different and being unusual. You know, um, I, I had this sort of conversation with someone the other about the Beatles, you know, and how I think they were completely irrelevant. Um, and I think they really were irrelevant. Um, you know, wonderful musicians, and I will take, I love them, I love the Beatles intensely, but they were not, you know, yes, they're working class boys, yes, they worked hard in the, cl- in the clubs in Hamburg, yes, they made it where they were, but they didn't, not one of their albums, not one of them, um, captures, I mean, Sgt. Pepper could capture the, could capture the um, psychedelia, but I think, you know, honestly, I think um, Cream's Disraeli Gears is that album. You know, if you're gonna be, if you want to sort of point your fingers at that one, or um, or Hendrix Electric Ladyland, you know, I mean, so the Beatles were irrelevant. So they, even though they were massive and the most important band in the history of music, they didn't. They're not as they didn't grab that zeitgeist, that relevancy, that street sound quite like the Pistols. You know, I grew up in that city when, you know, there was unemployment. When I remember, you know, being cold for hours and evenings after evening because there was no electricity and no cold to heat the house, no entertainment. You know, we would wire a TV up to a car battery to see if we can watch the news. You know, listening to the radio, it was, you know, cuddling under blankets eating bread and jam because there was no food in the cupboard because there was no money. You know, we, I mean, I'd go out. I mean, I used to get paid. I mean, I, I don't tell you as many people, but I used to get paid by my brother money, like 50p, to go out and siphon petrol from people's um, motorbikes. I could put it, so he could put it into his motorbike. I once got caught doing it in my, my in my, in my um, favourite action man slippers that used to make machine gun noises when you press the button at the front and my dressing gown. I was like five I went out and I siphoned the petrol off and I got caught doing it. And it was a big row and a hoo-ha-ha. And I, you know. Um, anyway, different story. But there were the times we lived in, right? They were rough and nasty. And none of us, I don't look back on those times with any form of glee or happiness. And it's exactly what that, why the, the Nevermind the Bollocks is quite as important to me and to everyone of that genre because of that era. Because if you were from London, you were from a working class part of London, and that's how we were. You know, if you were from, I don't know, Kingston or Surrey or bloody, you know, Hampstead or wherever, it didn't make any difference, did it? Because you, you were you were the good life people. You know, you were the the um, the the middle class heroes that 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 own ninety percent of the wealth, and 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 so, you know, this album captured it you can almost smell the rot when you put our mind you can you can you can viscerally feel the anguish and the anger and the 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 bitterness and the and and the and the want to escape 
you know now they could sit down and they could play learn their instruments and play them like virtuosos and they probably could have escaped that way but it wasn't quick enough for them and they needed it quick and they wanted it now because you know when I was growing up there was two options yeah football or music football or music and I I had trials for QPR or Queens Park Rangers um, my dad got me a trial I failed back miserably dad got me a um, a black and white strat from the catalog um, a strat copy it was always out of tune as soon as you use the 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 trim it would go out of tune it would it was a horrible maple neck um, I hated it but I loved it at the same time because it was like the most fantastic gift I was ever given um, and it gave me freedom and opened my world opened my eyes to the world uh, so you know it's exactly what the what what the pistols did for most of us back then and and even those that hated them um, can appreciate the fact that they did change the world of music because let's face it we, we we were stuck in amongst the EMIs and the CBSs of this world and without the pistols independent music would not have arrived and without independent music I can't tell you I don't need to tell you how much music we wouldn't have now if it was all controlled by f five or six powerful companies in suits so it's, it is extremely important album an extremely important moment at that time and for me a really important time in history and the Pistols show really does bring it to the fore. It's, it's brilliantly made. It's brilliantly produced. It's brilliantly thought out. The acting is amazing. The the fucking it, the feel of it. Yes, it's fanciful in lots of ways. Um, but to people that don't know too much, it makes no difference. Just enjoy, sit back and enjoy the ride. Roll your eyes for the first three episodes, which I did. And after that, go along with it. Um, okay, guys. I'm going to um, shut up now. Uh, coming into the ads. Um, and uh, we'll talk about track by track when we come off the other side. Um, anyway, that's me. Bye-bye for now. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back, guys, to the B-Side. So we're going to go at track by track with this legendary album. Of course, like I said, I haven't talked about its release date and all the nuances. I mean, we know it was recorded at Manor House Studios. It was um, uh, mixed and produced by Bill Price. Uh, you know, it had um, Chris Bedding helped on the mix and the, with the guitar parts, apparently, even though it's not true. They say he played on it, he didn't. Um you know, uh, it it was recorded at the same sort of time that Queen were recording, and John would go down and watch and play on the piano and watch uh, uh, Freddie record. Um, was recorded very very quickly. Um, obviously, there was no Glenn Matlock; he'd been fired, and so um, John was uh, Steve was playing all the bass parts. Very simple. One octave, it was just what the same guitar as the guitar part. One octave down, bingo bango, nothing special. Um, did it lose some of the melody once that um, Glenn was fired? Yes, it did. Um, I'm not going to go into the whole Sid Vicious, is he a musician, is he not a musician story. You know, I've already told you how I feel about that. I think he is the spirit and flame of rock and roll. And then when Sid died, truly the punk died, and I think even the flame of rock and roll sort of died as well to some extent. Um, anyway, uh, track by track. So... We've all heard the album. Well, I'm sure most of us have listened to the album at one time or another. I'm just going to go and grab it up on my Spotify. One second. You see, you love this, don't you? This six Never mind the bollocks. Here we go. 1977. Holidays in the Sun opens with Holidays in the Sun. Now, you know, again. This goes right back to what I was saying about um, John Lydon and his um, ability to write amazing songs. It's a marching anthem. You know, it's about the Cold War. It's about them looking over the wall in Berlin and seeing the other side of it. And these were kids, these were kids born just after the war. You know, parents um, lived through the war, probably fought in the war, a lot of them. I think I think Steve Jones' uncle died. He was, you know, you know was... Um, you know, coming back from a bombing raid, um, you know, so these were touched, you know, and they would have grown up running around bomb sites. Um, I did for a little while, actually. They were still there towards late early mid seventies. I remember a factory that was broke, that was all bombed out that we used to go and play on, and Staples Corner. Anyway, um, yeah, so you know, really intelligent. You know, I don't want a holiday in the sun. I just, you know, want to see the new Belson. You know, I mean, sort of, it's it's very, very stark, and it's very angular, and it's very 
aggressive, but it doesn't hang around. You know, it's got that spine of Steve's guitar up and down the middle of it. It's got a very underrated drummer in Paul Cook. Again, taught himself, 19-year-old, youngest member of the band. You know, and drums, I don't care what you say, it's not the easiest thing to learn to play. And it was really amazing, I think, anyway. Just outstanding the way that the way that um, that he he, that he and he's got swing and he's got verve and he's got attack and he's you know he's not just using two drums he's 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 fluent across his kit um, and he had a real drive you know um, in it to it um, and so holidays in the in the sun is actually one of my favourite one of my favourite um, tracks on the album actually and it opens the album which is you know pretty good it's followed by i would undoubtedly say my favorite song of the pistols ever 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 and in fact one of my favorite songs of all time that's the acerbic aggressive rude violent and very interesting bodies you know it's got a really interesting lyric storyline about a girl turning up at john's house with a fetus in a bag it's about, it's not pro-abortion, it's not anti-abortion. It's pro-life, it's not anti-life. It's right down the middle. Um, you know, she, her name was Pauline, she lived in a tree. You know, you know, it, screaming, gurgling, bloody mess. Uh, you know, that, it's just, I won't leak this, the swearing lyric on it because I don't want to offend anyone, but um, it is, I'm, it's a song I want played at my funeral. I've got lots of play, songs I want played at my funeral, but that's the one I want played the loudest and people have to sit there and stare there and listen to it until it's finished, because it's it is um, it's out of its time and it's of its time. That song, it's almost like it was dropped on us from above, and then whoever made it run away. It's just marvelous. It's it, it you know, for the second track on the album, bloody hell, where else do you go from there? I mean. I mean, you imagine put nineteen seventy seven. You're a fifteen or sixteen year old kid. And you've bought this album, if you can get hold of it, because it was banned in most places. Um, and you put it down on the, you put your, your neck record on the groove, or you press play on the tape, or you push it into your eight track cassette tape deck, and or your reel to reel, whatever way you got it. And Jesus, it would just tear your face off, wouldn't it? You wouldn't know what to do. Um, and then you get no feelings. All right, this is an old song of theirs. Um, again, it's John's um, lyric is a lot to do with. Uh, isolation um, uh, yeah um, he's I mean he was he was always said he was asexual at that time you know didn't want to be with girls and be in relationships although clearly he was for, he still is for a very long time but back then I think he was very sort of you know awkward and spotty and he had terrible teeth and you know um you know, I think uh, you know the Irish guilt that you always that they have. Uh, you know, so no feelings. Look, it's good. It's the B side to Anarchy. I think it's a really good B side. Um, again, not my favourite. One, if I can say, it's one of the songs of the album that I sometimes not whiz past. But when it's gone, I'm, I'm okay. It's gone. Um, then you get Liar. Now that's really John at his at his very best, is it not? Like he's he's. I'm a liar. I mean, it it almost has that. It it really does have that. Um, 
Iggy Pop, but 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 with someone with a lot more aggression that Iggy ever had. Iggy was still too drugged and laid back, even you know, to be aggressive. Um, and it's just that also that the echo loop on it, um, that that sort of um, cold sterile guitar solo that sort of sits in the middle of the mix. Um, it's a short and sharp shock, and it's just it, it's just wonderful. Of course, you then go barreling into what the song that one of the two songs that makes this band who they are, and that's "God Save the Queen." Now, John Lydon will tell you he's not anti-Queen, he's not pro-Queen. He was just anti the royal presence. What it meant, his his image, his thoughts were: Why am I in a a rat-infested? Um, uh, you know, squat in South London. Um, when I've got all the intelligence that God gave me, uh, and then someone, you know, sits up up on the ivory tower, eating caviar, drinking champagne, and living the life for just for the for her his his um, accident of birth. Now I I'm I'm not really into this side of it because I think the accident of birth goes both ways, is it not? So she, the Queen didn't choose to be born where she was, and he didn't choose to be born where he was. The difference is that the Queen has, doesn't have, well, the royal family doesn't have to adjust itself, whereas someone like John and someone like myself particularly, you have to roll with the punches and grow with the punches, right? And I think, and John clearly did. He took that opportunity, whether he was a wrong choice for the band, because they originally wanted um, Sid, um, is neither here nor there. Would the band have survived with Sid as original singer? No. Absolutely not, because they would have just written. Um, they would he, they would have written T-Rex knockoffs. The only reason that Sid wrote Belson was a gas was because he he was using the the inflammatory um, nature of the band and Vivian and Malcolm's um, proto anarchist movement feelings. You know, movement feelings. You know what I mean. Anyway. It is a moment in time, you know, it didn't get to number two, it didn't get to number one, it got to number two, it was stopped to get in number one by the record company, they said it didn't, but we know they did. Um, it is iconic, it is powerful, and it is joyous in everything that it stands for, whether you use it as a pro-royalist or an anti-royalist. I mean, the lyric, you know, we're the flowers in your dustbin, we're the poison in your human machine. No future, your future. God save the Queen. I mean, it's it's it. Come on, please come meet me halfway, people here. If you don't like, if you don't really like them, how? You know, this is an uneducated boy who spent most of his youth in a coma. Um, comes out and writes this stuff. It's it's just, you know. Um, they're not a manufactured pop band. They're not take that. They're not. One Direction. They're not the monkeys. They really not. And when people say, "Oh, Malcolm made," the... no, they didn't. The band, the core of the band, was there before. Malcolm just wanted a project because he was bored. You know, they say that he destroyed um, New York Dolls. Well, that's crap. They were on the down. They were already on the way out. He just pushed them into into that the notorious Red album cover where they're wearing, you know, um, Chinese communist outfits. Um, that. That destroyed him in America, but they were going anyway because Savant Savant was a drug addict. The band was on its way out. They weren't. They weren't relevant anymore, and they couldn't. They couldn't keep up with their habits. 
you know, Malcolm just happened to push them over the edge. Then he got a taste for it, and then he wanted to do something else. I think Malcolm is, you know, he's his own self his own raconteur. He believes of his own lies sometimes. Anyway, then you get into problems. Now, I love problems because of the ending refrain. Where it, you know, it goes, problems, problems, problems. And it's sort of, you know, there's a really good bit mix in the album, but it's sort of layered. There's like three guitar solos. Same with the God Save the Queen. Like, they layered three different types of guitar solos in. Um, and Steve just sounds fat and big in it. Um you know, and the lyric again, it's all about, have you got a problem with me? You got a problem? What's going on? You know, you got a problem? Talk to me about it. You know, I'm your problem. Uh, and, uh, and then, you know, you look at the double side. I'm your, I'm your problem? What? Uh, um, uh, is a dis- are the disenfranchised youth the problem of the world? No, because they don't have the options to get beyond disenfranchised youth, do they? And it's doll cues and drab lifestyles. It's becoming I mean I went and I remember going to my careers officer and I told them that I wanted to be in a band and I told them that I wanted to even I want to do archaeology as well you know history and they said to me they could get me a job on a milk as a milkman they didn't listen to me at all not once did he listen to me in fact I got detention because he said to me do you smoke and I said only when I'm on fire and he did not find that funny um, I thought it was hilarious, um, you know. So he said, oh, you'll be a comedian then. I said, well, yeah, maybe, but then the bloody milkman, isn't it? Um, got detention for it. But anyway, that's what it was. It was like, you know, and I didn't get half of the issues that they had. At least I could have an education, so I choose so to have so. Um, these kids didn't even have that. Inner city, it, was a, it was a birth of inner city comprehensives. You know, 60 to a class, teachers that didn't care, a system that thought this, you know, teaching the same thing that they taught 30 years previously was the right thing to do. And it clearly wasn't, you know. Anyway, then you get 17. You know, this one, this one, I have to say, um, I find a problematic. Um, I look at the lyric, you know, I'm at, um, let me get me the lyric for it. Yeah, okay. Where is it? Okay. They have got the wrong lyric on here for that. You know, sometimes you go on a Spotify and you can get the lyric at the bottom. Well, I tapped on seven, 17 and I've got the lyric for Bloody Anarchy in the UK, which is ridiculous anyway. But um, 17, give me a second. I need to just really live that lyric in my head. Of course, it's, you know, it's the one he wrote about um, Malcolm. You're only 29. And you, when your mummy dies, she will not return. That's which a really cold. Um, we like noise, and all this was. I mean, and again, you, that hits back to the. I won't ruin the mini series, but it sort of attaches to the mini series in that sort of way. Um, that's quite. Uh, it was. A t- I think those two songs, this and submarine mission, submarine mission, or submission, were written at the same time because uh, Malcolm had asked him to write a couple of songs. And they asked him, he asked him to use like submission and things like that because of the sex shop. And I think Malcolm's a bit deep down was a bit of a a, bead, you know, a bit of a perv, which is fine. You own what you do in your own private world is up to you. Um, and uh, I think yeah, and they sort of took it to the pub and then turned the words around. And Malcolm, honestly, you have no bloody idea. You know, completely clueless. Sorry about about that. You know, so it was about Malcolm. Because Malcolm was 29 at the time, 
when the band released the sing the album. Uh, okay, then we get we follow that into Anarchy in the UK. Now, you think you think of two songs of the Pistols. You think of Anarchy in the UK. And you think God Save the Queen. Why? Because they were the songs that were the. I mean, Anarchy in the UK is the most valuable single of all time. If you can get an A and M print of it, um, very very rare. It is uh, a call to arms. It's probably the greatest call to arms of any single ever released. There is nothing like it. Um, you could say "Breaking the Law" by Judas Priest, but even then, I mean that's pushing and that's pushing it. Um, it. It's a call to arms. It's a shout out to the disenfranchised youth. It is the most deliciously um, subversive and neo um subversive is that the right word i can't even think it is <laughs> neo crypto fascist as they say in red dwarf um you know in that one terrible rhyming couplet they changed the world before then uh, you had your waitmans and your yeses and your genesis and i love that god i do love it you know i do um and but you had your shangalangs from your you know your in your, from your um, basic rollers and you had your monkeys and your Beatles and your vacuous pop music and terrible number ones or like your nan would listen to and watch, you know. Um, it suddenly, they created aggressive, fast, loud music. More so than anything else. And and, and in that one moment, that, that one rhyming couplet, that three minutes... That moment, that joyous moment, that that they changed the world. It is the moment that changed the world, people. There are lots of things that changed the world, of course. War, art, culture, famine, medicine, philosophy. Uh, very few are as, as I said before, tapped to the zeitgeist. The solo in Anarchy in the UK, it's all on one string. It's really easy to play. It's punchy. Again, there's like five mixes in there. Steve's five different solos. They're not long. They're not fast. He doesn't do a million notes. He just chucks a solo in because I think he thinks you have to. Um, and Steve is one of the best guitarists in the world. For a man that doesn't, couldn't read and write only till recently um, and taught himself to play, uh, just joyous. And it just made everyone that I know, all the people that I am admire, um go out there and, and do it themselves as well. The Joy Division, The Damned, The Six, you know, 999, X-Ray I could go, I'm just going to blot, I'm not going to blot them off, but it is what it is. Yes, there was an art school crowd attached to it. Yes, the Susie Sue t uh, crowd. Yeah, yes, the Bill Grundy stuff. But nothing, nothing of was ever as, as that moment Anarchy in the UK blasts and you first put that single on or you first hear, if you could hear it on the radio which you couldn't but if you get the single and you put it on yeah it changed the world um, yeah. then you go of course you move into sub Submission as I said before it's a song about um, perviness and, and, uh, and submission and it's a play on words with submarine mission and going down and it's it's I think I think John himself really hated that song and I, I'd say probably it's the one that I Along with, and I, when I say no feelings, I think submission is the one I probably would move off, off from. 
I'm happy for that not to be on the album. And in some albums, it's not on there. Some prints of it. I've got five copies of Nevermind the Bollocks. I think one print hasn't got that submission on it, and I don't blame it. And then, of course, it comes to Pretty Vacant. Now, that's talk about joyousness. I mean, what a play on words. Pretty vacant, you know. Um, I didn't even think about that he was using that as a, a, a way of getting in a, one of the most vile words in the English language. Um, but he does. He does. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a term of endearment in the UK, and, and I never really thought much of it, but I really hate that word with a passion. And it is, if anything, it's anti-feminist, it's anti-female, it's not a nice word. It's a, what a horrible word for such a nice thing, you know? Um, it's just like the word bazookas or something like that. What a, what a horrible word for something such a nice thing as breasts, really. It's like we choose some horrible words for nice things in life, don't we? You know, the word fuck, for instance, it's a horrible word. It doesn't, it doesn't equate to the thing that it shows that it's connected to. It's an aggressive word, and it's not a nice word. Um, I mean, you live your own way. If you like aggressive sex, that's your, your thing. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you otherwise. But it is just amazing. It's such a good thing. It's, hey, look at us. We are. It's, it's, it's the Pistols version of television's blank generation. You know, it, it's that, um, that the void of time, that moment between... Um, um, leaving school, becoming an adult, not having anyone to I think, to help you do stuff with, you know, non, not prosperous like the 60s, poor like the 50s, drab like the 50s, sort of went backwards um, into the 70s. And then we went into the 80s and music, the, the era, the decade that music taste forgot, you know, and then we lost all tribalism and it all became the same. Different story, another episode. Um, yeah, so, and then you get you get New York, I mean, I love this attack on the American punk scene. I love it so much. The attack on the Ramones and the... Because, you know, it was about when the Ramones and, and, and Th- Johnny Thunders came over to tour with them and they were always smacked out of their heads and it was all about heroin and they brought heroin chic to the London punk scene and, you know, there was heroin already in there. I mean, Sid's mum was an, an addict. Sid was on and off addict. There was addicts everywhere, but it... You know, unlike a bit of dope, which just sets you mellows you out a bit, or coke, which just hypes you a bit, heroin absolutely destroys creativity. It is the anathema of creativity. It is the um, the destroyer, the the usurper of all things creative. And sadly, yes, that's his attack of them. That's why he had it back in New York. He had a go at them, you know, because they had the punk before arguably before the UK, I've had this argument before on the show, um, but in a different type, they, musically, but not not sonically, and not ethically, they were completely different, um, and then of course, probably one of the most intelligent songs ever written, EMI, you listen to the lyric, people listen to the lyric oh hang on i've got it playing in the background i can't let it play in the background i'll get content matched but if you look at the lyric for it okay there's an unlimited supply and there's no reason why i'll tell you why it was all a frame they only did it because of fame who emi too many people had the sus too many people support us an unlimited amount too many outlet outlets in and out who i mean it's just brilliant this is from, an, you know, again, an angry 19-year-old who's been 
promised the world as a rock star and pushed from pillar to post and told he can't express himself the way he wants to express himself. Like he came up with a great line once when because the word bollocks, they tried to ban it because it said it was a rude word. Now, he's used in the UK and in some places in the world as a rude word. It actually is an old English word that means nonsense. And like John said, don't tell me how I'm using the word. Ask me how I'm using the word. Okay, it's like the word gay. Um, it, it means bright and colourful. If I use the word gay in a sentence, it doesn't mean I'm being homophobic. Ask me how I'm using the word. Don't Don't tell me how I'm using the word. And I think this is the beauty of the English language in that respect, that it can be seen both ways, but detrimental at the same time. Um, so, EMI, you know, about the bullshit of the uh, record contracts are pushing around, being pushed from pillar to post, because none of them, none of the labels had any spine. Um, um, sadly, because EMI was owned by uh, a, a, a Jewish uh, firm, and a lot of its... Um, a lot of it's uh, investors or Jews, and I'm Jewish, so this is coming from this is not coming from an anti-Semitic point of view. Um, you couldn't have things like bells and was a gas, and then wearing swastikas, and it, it it just was too close. It was too close, and I even I have to, they have to admit that that they they can't look at themselves and complain too much. It was too close to the war, um, and too many sore spots. Okay, um, then you get no feeling. Oh, sorry. And I'm looking at another version of it. Sorry, I'm looking at the prefixes of it. Um, of course, you know, there is things like, you know, uh, it sort of ends with that, and it, and it and it deserves to end with that. So it should echo into the distance, and it just blisters along and disappears at such a rate. You have no idea that it's happening. It's just stunning album. So my computer's... One second, people. So, you know, I'm going to end there, guys. I'm just going to say, can't, like the album, I'm going to fade out and I'm going to walk away and I'm going to like the blue touch paper and stand well back, as they say during, here in the UK, or they say in the UK. Um, but though you're American listeners and the rest of the world, that means to light the light firework and walk away before it explodes. Um, they were and always will be the most important f- members of rock and roll, the family of rock and roll. Because they didn't, they didn't take, they took the boundaries and the constriction of, of a, a sometimes a difficult thing to understand music, um, and they made it and freed it and set it well. They set it away to the world and let the world have it again. Where Chuck Berry and Gene Vincent and you know Elvis, where they. They took the music and they made it for the people because it was rock and roll and you could pick up a guitar and just play anything you wanted. Lonnie Donegan and all these sort of people. They we got lost in its own up its own fundament. Um, the pistols were the enema. They shoved themselves right up the arse of rock and roll and they made it wish it had never happened sometimes. And they just that rock and rock and roll just crapped out. You know, it just, it, it sat on the toilet of music and let its bowels open. And and you know what came out of that? A clear and, um, not clear, what's the word? What came out of that? It came out of that, it came, it came, it came 
flushed. It flushed the shit out of the system. That's what I'm trying to say. And so you could start again. You could knock the wall down, rebuild. And I really wish, I, I truly, truly people, I wish, God's in my heart of hearts, I wish that would happen again. Then it sort of did with rap. Um, again, that went up, it's gone up its own fundament again. You see? And it's something's going to happen and it will pull that out. That will kick it up the arse. But will it be rock and roll? No, because guitar music is dead. The, the, the power of the guitar no longer exists. People don't want to be guitar heroes anymore. People don't want to pick up a, a lifeless, inanimate piece of wood and some strings and an amplifier and work hard and let your fingers bleed to be able to play that, make that noise. They just want a box, a button, and, and, and mega stardom and a boat and prostitutes and am I am I am I generalizing I probably am uh but as John you know while John settles into his sad life now because Nora his loving wife has uh, dementia and does I don't think she even knows who he is he he looks after her um you know what well, you know the the grand yeah and he has some dubious um connections with Trump now uh, sad, weirdly and sadly, I don't understand. Um, but then, you know, it is what it is. You live in America, you get taken over by America. And it's just another go Americans, by the way, sorry. It's just you live for somewhere long enough and you will mold to their culture, whoever you are, even if you're John Lydon. Um, there's some brilliant books out there. Uh, you know, No Blacks, No Dogs, No Irish um, is a brilliant one to risk. There's one, you know, um, I've really enjoyed... The um, Anger is an Energy by John Lydon, uh, Babylon's Burning by Clinton um, Heelan, um, Vicious, uh, which is a really, really good one. Sorry, that's by uh, Mark, Mark Paynes. Um, is it? One second. Mark Paytonist, sorry. That's a really good one. I enjoyed that a lot, actually. I read that on a plane coming back from the UK. Um, so some really good books. Um, of course, of course, Stephen Harris, Steve Jones's uh, uh, Lonely Boys, Lonely Boy. Um, I highly recommend Hugh Cornwell's uh, A Solitude of Sins, A Multitude of Sins. Sorry, um, they're just great books about that moment in time, that punk moment, the moment that sort of changed the world. Anyway, I've rabbited on enough. I want you to listen to the album. What, tell me what you think about it. Um, I hope I've changed your mind. I might even might have given some deep thought. If you want more insight into the actual technicalities, the recording of the album, there's lots of stuff out there. I'm not going to go into it before. I think that's it's just been had and done. Anyway, that's me for now. I'm going to go and get us a fresh cup of tea. One myself up. It's really cold up here in the upstairs room. My throat's a little bit dry. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, talk to you soon. Keep listening. Keep popping by to the page, Facebook page, Heavy Metal Tones, and you know, coming in to chat with me. I'd love some interaction with you guys. Anyway. Bye for now. Bye, guys.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 